This is the second part of our two-part series. I have Gina Guzman with Guzman Law Firm, and I'm so excited for you to hear this. Lots of really great takeaways. We're shifting gears in the second episode to really focus on the social media space, talking about content, copyright licensing, attribution, sponsored content, and really how you can be your most authentic self and not um, generate fake reviews. So excited for you to listen to this and enjoy. You don't have to be a millennial to be socially savvy. We believe anyone can join Generation Social Media and your journey starts now. This is the Generation Social Media Podcast by Chatterkick. Welcome back. We are back with our two-part legal series with Gina Guzman of Guzman Law Firm. And she is an author, speaker. We're so excited to have her. Our first podcast was really about web accessibility. Today, we're going to talk about copyrights and how you find images for social media and can you use them. So we're really excited to talk to you today, Gina. So welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me back, Beth. I'm really excited to be on again and looking forward to talking more about copyrights and how people can make sure that they're safe when they make designs. Yeah. And so if you haven't listened to the first part of the series, definitely go back and check that one out. Today, we're really talking about images and photos. And I think, you know, being a social media agency, that's one of the questions that we do hear a lot from our clients is just, where do I get the images, right? We always recommend taking the photos, but sometimes that's not always an option. So let's say that um, our clients or businesses need to use an image. That content is typically protected in some way or another, but how do you know what you can use as a business owner specifically? Well, this is a real big danger zone, quite frankly, and we regularly get letters where people are violating others' copyright and they've got an image on their site that they didn't know was protected that somebody else is claiming rights to. And as a result, they now want to get paid damages for the length of time that you've had that up on their site. And so it's a real issue. And I think the best way to know that you're safe in using these, first, obviously, create your own content. Right. Take your own pictures. Right. That's the easiest. But otherwise, there are sites that you can pay and have access and get the licensing for those images. And I think if you go to one of those sites, that's probably your safest bet because then they're giving you some assurance and you're getting some licensing with that. Right. And so let's talk about the absolutely do not do, where I see all the time like offenders. And I just want to make sure that, you know, we hear it from you as well. Just Google image searching something, right? You just Google image search a car, right? And you click the images and all these cars come up and you want to have a picture of a car. Is that something businesses should do? Or like what, what's the risk that they're putting themselves at? That is not something that they should do because I think there is, in particular, there's a company that has figured this out where if There are people that will just Google image car and their images come up first. And those are the companies that are sending those demand letters that say, I want to be paid for my licensing. So they have figured this out, that people are just Google imaging things. And then you pull their image and use it and boom, they send you a demand because they have figured out that that's what people want to do. You also do not want to just go on Facebook and use people's private, right? uh, (laughs) Because you're violating the Facebook rules. Don't say you can't do this for commercial purposes. Uh, You don't just want to go on Instagram and steal other people's pictures. You want to make sure that you're getting them from a legitimate source. And I think the best way to do that is to use one of those 
um, sites that I'm sure you could rattle off for everybody. Yeah. But you can make sure that the images that you're buying, um, and they're not very expensive either. I think they have a, a pretty low fee, but yeah. through that you're getting licensing. Right. And do you feel like um, there is a, such thing as a royalty-free or a Creative Commons license? I know that a lot of the kind of lower cost stock photo sites have that availability. So there is such thing that's called public domain, which would be royalty free. And there's also the fair use doctrine, which is a very complex uh, legal doctrine. And we don't have time to get into that. It'd be like a whole right. law school <laughs> class in and of itself. No one, we would bore no all of right. the people here. But so those things do exist. But I think there are so many exceptions at that the copyright information, you should just assume if you're using it for commercial purposes that you're not going to fall under the fair use doctrine. And as a result, I would not recommend... Um, uh, trying to rely on those doctrines, uh, that is probably beyond the scope of what you're trying to do if it's for your business. Right. And I think that a lot of people don't understand how easy it is to find the image on your website that you used, right? There's a reverse Google image search is like a basic tool, but um, there's a lots of other ones out there. But you literally can upload an image into Google and say, where else on the inter internet is this image found? And so obviously these companies are being able to find where those images are very easily. There are, and they have full staffs of people. That's their job is to go find the violations because they also employ legal departments that that's those lawyers' job to send out these demand letters because they make a lot of money um, by people just using their images. Right, and small businesses, medium-sized, doesn't really matter, industry, it's, it's anybody that has images, right? And your website's probably going to have pictures on it. Absolutely. So. And I've seen a lot of small businesses be targeted with this. And this has been going on for decades, too, by the way. And it's still going on today. So people, stop using these images. <laughs> right. <laughs> you are making your lives more difficult to just by, like, randomly grabbing the latest image that you find. I think a lot of people just think, well, I'm not going to get caught, right? We probably get one a week. That's that, crazy. I'm Right? I mean, that's uh, how prevalent it is. And we're based in Iowa, Nebraska, and South Dakota. Right. We have 30 lawyers, and we probably get at least one a week. So yeah, definitely. That's a real issue. Right? And I think that people um, also need to um, think about on the social sites, right? So tell me a little bit about user-generated content, right? We deal with that a lot in social media, and it, in many cases, is, is public content with quotations. What are the best practices or legal rules that you guys see with user-generated content, or UGC as we lovingly, lovingly call it? So I think when you have this sort of content, you, this is going to get us back over to our privacy policy right. a little bit. You want to make sure that you're addressing these issues in your privacy policy. So if you're going to be reusing user-generated content, you want to make sure that people know that you have... Uh, licensing and you plan right. to reuse this content. Right. We get this asked a lot too when it comes to those recommendations mm -hmm. that people are posting. Can I pull the recommendation off of the social site and post it over on my website? And I think that's when you want to make sure that your policies that you have on your sites uh, are allowing that. Right. And do you feel like, is it helpful if um, there's documentation of that, let's say, transfer of copyright? So if you ask somebody, can I use your image? And they say, sure, you can. Um, would you want to screenshot that kind of or document that somewhere so that if you ever did have somebody come back to you and there'd be a plan at least of how that copyright may be transferred? 
Absolutely. So document, 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 right? <laughs> <laughs> like a lawyer's best friend. And be careful what you document too. I always say the reverse of that. Right. So don't uh, send text messages or emails you don't want to be exhibit A. Right. <laughs> uh, so if you get one of these requests of stop using my content, be careful right. how you respond right. as well. But I think that asking permission is always the best course because if you're given permission, that is the number one defense to right. a later a claim saying that I don't want you to have that up on there. And then if it's later also somebody does come back and request, I want you to take this down for right. whatever reason, I think it's always a good idea too to be respectful of that. Right. And uh, if you're not, then you could run into a, an issue later because did they revoke permission? Right. I think that's really, you know, a lot of people's especially photographers, they just want the credit. So like sometimes just having that conversation before you just steal somebody's image is, is like the best case scenario. And sometimes people are willing to let you use their images if you just give them credit and you, you kind of showcase them. Just that conversation is a really good spot to start that, that dialogue of, okay, whose image is this? How are we giving this person credit? And I mean, if you're in marketing or, you know, you guys are, your business is documenting and sharing images, this is kind of a thing you need to know, right? Like it's not just something that the you throw on the intern. <laughs> it's not. And especially too, if there's images of people and potentially images of children. Right. Because if you're getting in it where if they're 13 or under, that's like a danger zone. And you want to make sure then you have parent permission. There's all kinds of issues where people have, you know, custody battles out there and don't necessarily want their images of their children out on uh, social or the internet. And so you need to be careful, especially when you're dealing with pictures of people. Right. And, or probably if you're in a business or an industry that it's maybe a little bit more sensitive, right? Like healthcare, like you said, childcare, or there's lots of other, probably, um, other like HIPAA stuff that kind of comes into play with images itself. So definitely something to be cautious of and really understand what rights and rules your business needs to kind of comply to. Absolutely. So if you're on a, you know, a potentially controversial topic um, right. with your business and then you posted somebody's image on there, I think that they might have a defamation or a slander claim because yeah. you've put their image associated with that. So in addition to the actual rights of who took the picture, you're opening yourself up to a whole nother um, bunch of issues that you don't really anticipate that you're <laughs> right. going to be having to deal with, right? Right. And that can happen too if people even just comment on your on your content and all of a sudden you've brought somebody into uh, an area that they weren't anticipating and now they want to point the finger back at you. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit when you, like, the influencer world, right? The um, FTC has done a little bit of clarification about sponsored content if you're on Instagram and you're looking at those influencers, you may see ad or hashtag sponsored. Um, what is the best practice? And can you tell us more about what you're seeing specifically on that, like disclosure and what, what are the rules? Yeah. So this is an ever changing area, mm-hmm. I think, and something that people are, are just now getting in, in touch with because there are also, a, it's driving the Um, whole area where we're getting more counterfeits because Mm -hmm. people are, the influencers have so much impact, right? Mm -hmm. And so there's a ripple effect um, when people are influencing a brand and creating demand in this area. So I think that first of all, you want to have permission 
um, before they go down that path. And then second, as we're looking at these FTC rules and guidelines for sponsored content, it's it's important to make sure that you're disclosing things. And what kind of disclosures do you need to give um, if there's compensation or remuneration right. going back and forth between um, why you're promoting something versus is it just naturally? Like, I'm a huge fan of XYZ product, but right. I'm not a designated influencer and I'm not being paid to promote something here today. And at some point in time, I think those influencers themselves need to make sure that they're aware of what the laws are. Right. And then the marketers that are hiring them too, because that's a slippery slope. If you're hiring somebody and you know that they're violating the law, you don't want to be um, somebody else that they could come back and say is violating an issue. That's what I was wondering, especially like, again, I'm, I'm kind of putting this on the local level. So on that local kind of playing field the business then also needs to kind of work with whoever they're providing the product to or giving free swag to because it's a little bit on them. Is that kind of what you're saying or definitely a cautious standpoint that you need to kind of take? Yes, I think so. Because if you know that they're not doing complying, the right disclosures yeah. and complying, I, I think it is a little on you and you could be held responsible as a result of that. But again, a lot of this is dealing with Instagram and a right. lot of new regulations. So I would definitely be cautious there. We haven't seen a lot of cases come down in mm-hmm. this regard yet, but it is a, a new area and you want to make sure that you're not misleading the public or misleading right. consumers because that's really what the government and people are concerned about is that you're misrepresenting and um, they're going to be basing their own decisions on something that's really false. Right. I think there's so many people out there, especially young people that just want to be influencers. And I think it is important that they know that the second that they're taking something and, you know, pushing it out there to people like you, it's, it kind of is a business at that point And you need to make sure that your risks are analyzed and you kind of have a heads up on at least what your responsibilities are. And sometimes they probably are as simple as putting hashtag ad, hashtag sponsored content, but you don't want to get yourself too far in trouble when you're young and, you know, just trying to start everything up. Exactly. So all of a sudden, once you're being paid, paid to play, right? And once you cross that divide, I think it's important to realize what your responsibilities are and make sure you're using the right hashtags and you're not misleading your, your followers. And they'll appreciate that too. Right. Okay. Last topic. Um, let's talk a little bit, I mean, illegal or unethical, right? There's definitely, um, some lines to this, but What about like fake reviews on social or like brands that buy reviews or likes on social media? Is that more of an unethical practice or is there actually some legal implementation? I can't say that. Implications? Implications for people. I think when it comes to that, whether there's going to be legal implications, it might depend upon what their um, area of business is. Mm -hmm. So I think if you are in the financial institution world and then you're doing that, there's going to be all kinds of regulations that you will have violated. Mm -hmm. Similar with legal. Um, Lawyers are highly regulated on what they can do with advertising. I think the same would be true in the medical profession. Mm -hmm. So when it, whether it actually crosses into being illegal or not, I think it will depend on what kind of, um, content it is. If you're just promoting makeup, for example, it might not be illegal, um, but you're probably in the unethical category, right? And that people are going to get to know, is this a brand that they can trust? And I think right now there is so much counterfeit product out there and fake this and fake that, that people are really looking for what can we trust online? And if you're tarnishing your reputation because you're doing unethical things, I think the consumer is becoming really savvy and you're going to get called out on it. Oh, 100%. It's so interesting too. You know, even when you're just kind of searching on different products, 
you can so spot the fakes. It's like two goods, one bad, two goods, one bad. And it's like, okay, these are all not real reviews because they're just playing the game of trying to change your mindset and not really giving you feedback on the product or the service. And I think that people can see right through that, right? It's such an easy target to be like, okay. And and I think that is sways the opposite direction of trust, like you mentioned. And isn't it the same with, I mean, you could buy followers on Twitter right. too. And all of a sudden now people are like, well, who can you really engage with? Right. Because if you have a high number of followers, but you have low engagement, the right. brands don't really care and they right. don't really think you're an influencer. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's kind of like, um, too good to be true. Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Such great information. I think that um, just the ideas and things that we want to get people thinking about, like watching your images, best is take your Take your own, use the content that you create. If you need to use stock photos, use it from a reputable site. And there's probably going to be some sort of a a fee involved because you're transferring that copyright. Um, And then just with the influencer space and, um, you know, even just reviews, be authentic. Make sure you know the rules specifically within your category. And hopefully our brands and influencers will be off to a great start. Thank you, Beth. All right. Thanks so much. That's it for this episode of Generation Social Media Podcast. If you had an aha moment or just a ha-ha moment, I would be so grateful if you leave a review with the moment you loved most. If you have a question you'd like us to answer on the next episode, fill out the form on generationsocialmediapodcast.com.